Star Wars 7x7 episode 1822 today. Well, we spent a lot of time talking about the Dark Lord of the Sith series and there were just two things that we didn't talk about over the last few days. So I figured let's close the loop and do it all. And that involves a hunting of Darth Vader and the first encounter between Vader and Orson Krennic from Rogue One. Let's go. Hey Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode where we're going to talk about the annual, which is the special edition of Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith. And also we're going to talk about uh, sort of an in-between story. It was the only issue that was numbered, number 18, that was a standalone story. And it involves the favor that Tarkin asked of Vader during the whole Mon Calamari attack sequence and Vader cashing in on that favor. So we'll talk about that, but first we'll talk about the annual, which involves Vader deciding that he's going to learn more about Project Stardust, which as we know from Rogue One is the codename for the Death Star project as it's under development. But apparently there's been some bad things happening on Geonosis. There have been some attempts at sabotage, which the Emperor decides to send Vader to investigate. And just as he arrives, he has his first fateful meeting with then-Commander Orson Krennic, and an attempt at assassination happens just as Vader is arriving. And the two of them get buried on the landing platform, but it's a good thing to get buried with a Force user because then, zoink, you know, all the rocks can be made to fly away. And ultimately... Uh, Krennic says that he thinks Tarkin is behind this whole thing because Tarkin wants his hands on the project, wants to control it. Vader, of course, is not having any of that and says, you know, these are, uh, you know, some pretty strong accusations and unless you're going to present proof of those accusations, there's no way I'm, you know, stop talking, basically. So... Of course, he has no proof, and so he has to go investigate. Well, the loyalty officers get involved. Vader has a conversation with the loyalty officer who directs him to consider Galen Erso as a potential source of information, particularly because he's a pacifist, and not that he would necessarily be doing anything to sabotage the project, interestingly enough, but that he could be used as a tool by other people because he is a pacifist. And that seems to be exactly what's happening, because it turns out that there is a rogue infestation of Geonosians, and that means that, I guess, they're a servant species, and so they're not allowed to breed um, unless, you know, like they're told that they can breed, but I guess a rogue infestation has been able to breed and is trying to sabotage this project. And, you know, the interesting thing about this as well is that during the story, Vader actually goes to the Petronaki arena, and that's the arena from Attack of the Clones where he had his, you know, first, like, serious romantic kiss with Padme. I know he snuck one on Naboo, but yeah, that was kind of like shut down on him, right? But their first like, all right, committed, and then, you know, getting into the huge fight and all that fun stuff, well, he went there and had some, you know, flashback memories while he was there too, but somehow didn't get angry enough to tear the place down. Anyway, in the story, 
And once they find out that there's a rogue infestation, they go and kill all of the uh, Geonosians that are there. And when Vader reports back to Tarkin, Tarkin asks him, you know, well, how did it go? What did you do? And continuing to evoke the whole Attack of the Clones things, he says, they were animals and I slaughtered them like animals. And yeah, and there's also a bit of a flashback to him as a Jedi with all of the Tusken Raider bodies littered around him. So yeah, some serious Attack of the Clones reverie happening inside this particular you know, story. But as far as... You know, psychological insights go, Tarkin has been paying very close attention to Vader over the years, and we'll get into that a little bit more in just a moment, but he actually intuits that one of the things that Vader doesn't like about the Death Star is the fact that <laughs> is not the only technological terror in the universe now, that once there's a planet killer out there, what's Vader's place in all of this? And, you know, what is he in a world, in a galaxy where something like this exists? Of course, he doesn't necessarily have an answer for that other than just to threaten Tarkin and say, yeah, this thing is, you know, if you're not careful, it's going to be your tomb, which would be beautiful foreshadowing, of course, if this had been written 43 years ago. But, you know, we got to add the foreshadowing after the fact. Anyway, so that is the basic summary of the first encounter between Krennic and Vader and this Geonosian sabotage situation. And I'll tell you the other story about Vader and Tarkin right after the break, so stay tuned for that. Hey, Rebel Rouser. If you've got a business that needs to reach a dedicated audience of Star Wars fans, or you know somebody who does, then you might want to reach out to me. <laughs> I've got a show that reaches thousands of people between the audio version, the video version, and our social media channels, and I'd love to find out how I can help you with your business ventures, too. Just reach out at sw7x7.com sponsors, that's plural, S-P-O-N-S-O-R-S, that's sw7x7.com sponsors, and let's see how we can work together. Welcome back. So the bad ground story, the standalone story, has to do with a planet called Chandar's Folly where Vader and Tarkin go, and Tarkin takes along 19 bounty hunters with him at Vader's request, basically, or at least this is the request. Hunt me and kill me if you can, which Tarkin assumes has to do with the fact that, well, you know, they've already pretty much assassinated all the Jedi that can be found. So, you know, what good is Vader now? Like, what meaning does it have for him to kill anyone, especially if he himself can't be killed? And so Tarkin, who, of course, has a, you know, tremendous history as a hunter on his home planet, planet of Ariadu, and that was detailed in depth in the Tarkin novel by James Luceno, which is, oh my gosh, so long ago at this point, like five years ago did that come out? Uh, yeah, it's been quite a while. Anyway, Vader knows Tarkin's reputation as a hunter and says, you know, kill me if you can. And so they go to this planet, and unfortunately... <laughs> <laughs> Tarkin isn't quite able to do the job, not that he would have anyway, but what he does find out is the limits of Vader's power and efforts, and one of the things that happens is that, well, he knows that he can't defeat Vader with blasters because he can use his lightsaber or the force, so he decides that flamethrowers and slugthrowers are the way to go to attack Vader, but instead Vader just destroys the weapons with the force, so... 
his lightsaber becomes the next target, and Tarkin loses half a dozen of his hunters in the effort to take his lightsaber away, but he does. And then he has to figure out, okay, well, how far away do we have to be from Vader to not get force choked? And so he loses more people in that regard. So ultimately Tarkin is able to, you know, A, figure out that he's definitely weaker without his lightsaber, and B, what the limits are of his, you know, force capabilities, like how far it can reach. And once he knows that, he's actually able to, you know, make some effort to subdue him. But then Vader kills a local creature that has a hide on it that allows him to camouflage himself and he sneaks up on the rest of the hunting party and kills them all. Tarkin leads him out into some storm grounds where Vader isn't paying attention and as the tallest object on the plane gets totally fried by lightning. And yeah, that's the end of that. But he's still, you know, awake enough and aware enough to force choke Tarkin when Tarkin comes over and tries to lord it over him. And the story becomes important not just because it shows Tarkin developing a healthy respect for Vader and you know, being glad that Vader is on the side of the Empire, especially just with his will and his commitment and so forth. But it's also important because Vader is now vulnerable to Tarkin. Tarkin understands some of Vader's limits, and if there's ever a situation where Tarkin is going to have to deal with Vader in a oh no, now Vader has to be brought to heel sort of fashion. Well, Tarkin now knows what it's going to take to do it and knows it in a way that pretty much nobody else knows and nobody else is capable of, at least certainly not from the military side of the equation. I mean, the Emperor obviously is strong enough to be able to deal with it, but if there's anybody who is a non-Force user who would be able to figure out how to deal with Darth Vader, well, at this point, Tarkin knows, and that makes him a serious threat to Vader and probably also one of the reasons why Vader doesn't necessarily trust Tarkin or is not willing to trust him very intimately at all because he knows too much. And that is going to do it for our series of looks at the Dark Lord of the Sith series and also previously its ties to Vader Immortal 2 as we discussed earlier this week. And that's going to do it for this episode of the show as well. Thank you so much for joining me for this one and all of them as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.